Maybe we can turn once more to uh, those verses read earlier from Luke chapter four. As we think of the, what the coming of the Lord Jesus really accomplished, it accomplished so much, fulfilled so many of God's prophecies and promises from ages past. And sometimes I like to just imagine him coming into the synagogue, picking up these old scrolls with even older words. And as he read them, he was able to say, this is now being fulfilled right as right in your presence, because I am the fulfillment. I am the great amen, the yea and amen to the promises of God. Um, I just read this short quotation. This is from Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 42, some different quotations here that the Lord read. This is again from Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. So he unrolled the scroll and read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So there's so much wrapped up in that those prophetic words and in the Lord's fulfillment of them. We really see three groups of people here that the Messiah's coming was meant to be good news for. He mentions the poor, the blind, and the captive. And, you know, to a certain extent, those literal groups of people did receive help from the Lord. If you think of the poor, this speaks of those who are physically disabled. Well, they received good news at the Lord's coming because he went about all throughout his ministry, pushing back against the works of the devil, healing physical diseases. But it wasn't just the poor, the physically disabled. We also see the, uh, sorry, that's the blind, the physically disabled, the poor would really represent those who were economically disadvantaged. And they were on the margins of society. No one was sticking up for them. They had no hope in the existing systems of the day. And so the Lord's coming was good news to them. And even the captive, those who were, uh, it says, those who were oppressed. This is speaking of those who were um, basically politically oppressed. The whole people of Israel at this time were held under the power of a foreign government. And so in a very literal way, the poor, the blind, and the oppressed or ca the captive received benefit at the coming of Christ. But I think there's also a spiritual application to these prophetic words. 
And the truth is that even though we personally may not be poor, blind, or captive, in a spiritual sense, that's where all of us are, apart from the ministry of Christ. And it actually comes out quite beautifully in one of the hymns that we sang earlier. Um, And I thought maybe here as we draw our time together to a close, we could just reflect on what does it mean to be spiritually poor? And how does the Lord Jesus speak good news to that person? What does it mean to be spiritually blind? And how does his coming speak good news to that person? And then finally, what does it mean to be spiritually oppressed? And what does the good news look like for that person? And it comes out really well in this hymn. So if I could just, I'll pull the words up for those of you who have the the, uh, video, but it's from hymn 397, 397. Um, I want to start by looking just at the last verse. Because when you think about spiritual poverty, this is really what it's all about. You know, the Lord was able to say in the Beatitudes, the very first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is spiritual poverty? This song says, not sinful man's endeavor, nor any mortal's care, could draw thy sovereign favor to sinners in despair. Uncalled thou came with gladness, us from the fall to raise. And change our grief and sadness to songs of joy and praise. You know, throughout the ages, religion was always a practice of humans trying to do something to convince the gods to help. In a way, they were trying to pay them something, give them some gift so that they could earn the favor of the gods. But the songwriter here says there was nothing that we could do to bring God's favor. There's nothing that sinners could do in their despair to somehow get God to owe us, to have him come down and say, well, thank you for all those sacrifices. Now I will um, do what you want. To realize that spiritual poverty, that's what it means to be poor in spirit. To know that there's nothing we could ever do to get God to owe us something. And so Jesus came in that synagogue that day and said, I'm here to speak good news to the poor. Because you don't have to earn it. I'm already here. Uncalled, I came. I came without you even inviting me. Without you even wanting me. Definitely without you even earning my presence. And so that's what it means in in a sense to say that Jesus' coming speaks good news to the poor, and it affects the way we live our lives and our relationship with him. If we know that we didn't do anything to earn his love, then we can be sure that nothing we will do will cancel his love for us. He loves us from his side not because we somehow earned it. And then secondly, he says in this prophecy, I came 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. What does it mean to be captive? Who is our captor? In the previous verse of this hymn, verse 3, it says, Love caused thine incarnation. This brought thee from on high. Thy thirst for our salvation, this made thee come to die. And then this is the key. O love beyond all measure, wherewith thou didst embrace the victims of the pressure of sin and its disgrace. There's no captivity more oppressive than the captivity of sin. You could be in prison in the darkest prison. But if that's all you have, it's nothing compared to the prison of sin. When sin is your warden, every minute of your life is lived under that kind of pressure and disgrace. Years ago, Darren Winston and Richard and I spent time with many of the men in the jails, and uh, we got to know a little bit about what that experience was like, and it's pretty humiliating to be there. It can be shameful, and even after you leave, you always have that mark on your record. And so it brings with it this level of kind of shame and disgrace. And there's daily pressure. They would wake these men up anytime they wanted, wake them up at three in the morning to give them breakfast. I mean, who can eat at three in the morning? You just have to do what you're told. But that is just a small glimpse of what it's like to be captive to sin. And so really, when we think about the fact that Jesus came to set the captives free, to set at liberty those who were oppressed by sin. What a savior we have. He cleans our record. He opens the bars of the prison and says, go forth in freedom. And we can really live in the light of that truth. And it will affect our everyday decision making. And then finally, it says in that passage in Luke, he came to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. And so there we see um, in verse one, the way that the Lord fulfills this. We go to meet the Savior, his glorious face to see. What manner of behavior doth with this hope agree? May God's illumination guide heart and walk aright, that so our preparation be pleasing in his sight. God's illumination has shone on you and on me. But it's like the sun. You know, it says God makes his sun shine on the evil and on the good. But if your eyes are closed, you can't see the sun. It's shining there, but you don't receive the joy of it. And if you're blind to it, you don't see it. But thank God for us who have come to Christ, the veil has been torn away. And now we can, at least in a measure, we can see his glorious face. And one day, soon, we'll see him fully. And so I just pray that this can be an encouragement to you as you think about where would we be without the Messiah? Where would we be without the Lord Jesus' coming? He truly did speak good news to the poor. And he's proclaimed liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. And you and I are counted in that number, no longer captive, no longer blind, no longer poor, 
but really able to enjoy fellowship with God through the person of the Lord Jesus. So may we live lives to his glory and may the manner of our behavior, our everyday conduct, might it agree with that blessed hope that we have in him for his name's sake. Amen. 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 Amen.